0: You're listening to the weekly sermon from Clarkston United Methodist Church in Michigan. We are a church dedicated to connecting people to people and people to God. To learn more, visit us at clarkstonumc.org. Hi, I'm located at Echo Fellowship Christian Church, the site of this year's Love in Action. The scripture this morning that I'm honored to read is from Exodus 2, to 22. One day after Moses had grown up, he went out to his people and saw their forced labor. He saw an Egyptian beating a Hebrew, one of his own people. He looked this way and that and seeing no one, he killed the Egyptian and hid him in the sand when he went out the next day he saw two hebrews fighting and he said to one who was in the wrong why do you strike your fellow hebrew he answered who made you ruler and judge over us do you mean to kill me as you killed the egyptian then moses was afraid and thought surely the thing is known when pharaoh heard of it he sought to kill moses so Moses fled from Pharaoh. He settled in the land of Midian, and sat down by a well. The priest of Midian had seven daughters. They came to draw water and filled the troughs to water their father's flock. But some shepherds came and drove them away. Moses got up and came to their defense, and watered their flock. When they returned to their father, Reuel, he said, how is it that you have come back so soon today they said an egyptian helped us against the shepherds he even drew water for us and watered the flock he said to his daughters where is he why did you leave the man invite him to share a meal moses agreed to stay and the man and he gave moses his daughter zipporah in marriage she bore a son, and he named him Gershom. For he said, I have been an alien residing in a foreign land. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God.
1: On the road again, going places that I've never been, seeing things that I may never
0: see again. I can't wait to
1: on the road again, on the road again, like a of gypsies, we go down the highway. Let us pray. Good and gracious God, let the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. A Science Daily article talks about how mind-wandering is common during driving. It says, mind-wandering is an understudied form of distraction where drivers start daydreaming and shift their attention from driving to internal thoughts. Clearly, to stay safe, drivers need to remain attentive But because they're not always aware that their minds are wandering, that they're daydreaming, it's hard to adjust that behavior. I wonder, does your mind ever wander when you're driving? I could be driving or riding and we're listening to the radio or an audio book and uh, my mind will wander and I'll turn to my family and I'll say, what did they just say? And I know it annoys them to no end. But... I don't know, because my mind has been wandering, um, and I have no idea what we've been listening to. Now, apparently, mind-wandering is a hot source of debate in the scientific world. Forbes magazine um, says that the current, there's a current debate over whether or not it's good for you or not. Professor Zachary Erring wrote, When our thoughts wander, they meander from one topic to another, so they are unguided. Mind-wandering may appear to be purposeless, but our thoughts have a surprising way of wandering to our goals. Today we're talking about Moses. And at this point in Moses' life, he is on the road. He's on the run because he would killed an Egyptian soldier. So he's heading to Midian because he's got family there, and he's in search of a safe place. What do you think his mind wandered to? That's something I've always wondered. How was he feeling? Was he thinking about what had gotten him to this point? Was he afraid that his grandfather was going to kill him? Now remember, Moses was a Hebrew, even though in the scripture it refers to him as an Egyptian. He was a Hebrew born at a time when Pharaoh wanted to decrease the Hebrew population. He was afraid that the Hebrews would outrun the Egyptians, and so he put out a decree that all babies who were born male, all Hebrew babies born male, were to be killed upon birth. Now, Moses' mother was not about to let that happen, and she knew that Pharaoh's daughter had bathed nearby, and so uh, Moses' sister carried Pharaoh in a basket, pushed down the river, or Moses in a basket, pushed down the river to where Pharaoh's daughter was bathing. And there she found this baby, came, just came to her. And the, the sister suggested that perhaps he would, they would like to have a Hebrew nurse and referred her mother to her. So Moses then went on to grow up in the palace with Pharaoh as his grandfather, and we can assume that he was educated and prosperous, and that he might have noticed that his grandfather was persecuting Hebrews. We know that Moses knew he was Hebrew. We don't know how he knew that, maybe from his birth mother, maybe from his, if he knew his story of origin. But perhaps while he was fleeing, his mind was wandering to The fact of why he valued the lives of Hebrews so much. Maybe he identified more with them than with the Egyptians. We don't know why that would be. We don't know what he saw or heard in the palace. Maybe he was reflecting on that. Maybe he was thinking about his childhood. Exodus does not tell us about his childhood. It goes from She named him Moses, to one day after Moses had grown up, he went out to his people, saw their forced labor. He saw an Egyptian beating a Hebrew, one of his kinfolks. He looked this way and that, and seeing no one, he killed the Egyptian and buried him in the sand. It's hard to say what his mind would have been wandering to. This is a tough scripture. Here we have a hero of the faith, Uh, who will, from this point, go on to do pretty great things. But at this point, he's killed someone, and he's ran so as not to get caught. We wonder, why did he kill him? Maybe he had pent-up anger. Maybe he was teased as a kid for being Hebrew. Maybe he was stronger than he thought. Commentators suggest that he hadn't intended to kill the soldier. Perhaps in the palace, he'd witnessed violence as a way to solve problems, and so in this primitive society, perhaps that was all he knew. We don't know. We do see that Moses wasn't willing to just stand by and witness the abuse at least any longer, and so he did something, and he got caught, and he hit the road. He fled. He traveled to the land of Midian, Now, this is a story about anger. It's a story about violence. It's a story about fear. But it's also a story of how God can redeem horrible situations. Moses fled in search of a safe place, and he found new possibilities. Perhaps his mind-wandering went to goal-setting for how he would conduct himself from there on out. As he journeyed, he came to a well And so he took a break. And there were also some girls there who were watering their sheep. And shepherds came and scared them. Once again, Moses saw something and saw someone who was being treated poorly. And he came to their rescue. And he watered their sheep. But here, he just came to the girls' rescue, to their defense. No deaths, just standing up for the powerless. And it turns out well for him. Zipporah invites him to meet her father, who's pleased and offers her hand in marriage. They're married. They have a son. Now, In his book on Moses, Adam Hamilton wrote, In these two scenes from Moses' life, uh, his observation of the beating of the Israelite slave, and the moment he witnessed the harassment of the shepherd girls, we learn some important things about Moses. He was angered by injustice, and he was compelled to rectify it. Moses had compassion for those who are picked on, harassed, or oppressed, and he had the courage to act in protecting those who were being mistreated. Both events were defining moments for Moses. And then we see how God was active in his life, how God kept him safe, how God delivered him to a safe place, how God provided for his future. God brings grace to bad situations. Put another way, God brings good out of bad. We see it over and over again. Think back to 9-11. And the great grief and fear and all the things that we were feeling, while at the same time we were able to really come together as a country to set down our differences, to support one another, Uh, the pride that we felt in being American and the ways that we just, the good that, that happened out of that. I think about the people who traveled to New York to help and all the ways that we found to help one another, to love our neighbors and not let the fear win. Or I think about COVID when we were in lockdown. That was awful. And yet, for me, I was locked down with two teenagers Now, you could think about that, it might not be that great. On the other hand, for us, it was because their lives slowed down. We were able to actually spend time together, to play games, to sit outside, to to be together, and realize what life is like when we're not so busy. And that was pretty great. I have a friend named Susan whose uh, husband just died this past winter. He had been living with Alzheimer's for seven or eight years. And it was very hard on Susan, of course, as it is on partners. And she felt like at that point her purpose was only to care for him, and she needed to find some joy. And so we talked about ways that she could find that in this hard situation, she could still give and serve others. And so she became, uh, she, she never had any grandchildren, and she loved children, so she became a grandmother to a kindergarten class in the um, school that we partnered with at the church. And she um, beca- started to coordinate the volu- adult volunteers for our Mothers of Preschool group at the church, the volunteers who cared for the kids so their moms could have a little bit of a respite and she uh, offered to pick my son up from school a couple days a week, and uh, they developed a special relationship. And these opportunities happened uh, as a blessing, I think, that she experienced in the midst of a difficult time. I think about those who find new love after death, those who've experienced loss and use that loss to help others going through loss. I think of my friend Denise, whose father died when she was in her late 20s, and for the past 20 years, has spent much of her life working to raise money to fight cancer. She's, re- she's raised hundreds of thousands of dollars in a promise to her dad that she made. Moses was a, fa- a man of faith and compassion and justice and courage who went through a bad situation. And God redeemed him and saw in him a leader in the faith. A leader for his people. Good and grace came out of a bad situation. God was working in Moses bringing him on a journey to become the Hebrew leader that he became. We so rarely notice God working in our lives in the moment. Often it isn't until after an event that we recognize God's presence God was active through Moses's life, forming him into a man who had a fire for justice and helping him to use that fire to deliver the Hebrew people from slavery. God was working. Moses didn't, just didn't always notice. Have you ever drawn a faith map, your faith map? It's a project that I like to do with small groups and retreats and classes. one point, I think we did something similar to that in the membership class here, maybe even on a women's retreat. A faith map is a timeline of events in your life. You write down the times that have shaped you, that have been important throughout your life, and then the good and the bad, and then you look back on those events and see where God was at work. How did God speak to you during those life events? Where was God in your life for the joys, for the struggles? Who did God place in your life as companions for those times? What are your values as a result? Who are you because of the events and the people in your life? What goals might you you have uh, for your life as a result of your journey? When we look back on our faith maps, we often discover that God was there all along, even the times when we felt that God was absent. God was there guiding us informing us, speaking to us through others, delivering us to places of sanctuary and new life. This can be a a faithful tool in setting our goals for the future or realizing what God's goals are for you. We don't just have to count on our mind wanderings. Maybe as we spend this summer on the road, you might want to make a faith map. Consider how God has been there on your journey. Consider God's presence in the good and the bad. How did God bring good out of bad situations? When did you know that God was with you? When did you not realize that God was with you? But looking back, you now do. We look at Moses' faith map to this point, and we see that God provided for him. God brought him to safety more than once. God spoke to him. God guided him. God was there with him through the whole journey. Even when Moses was stubborn, and especially when he was afraid. As we travel this summer, and as we stay put this summer, God will be at work in our lives. Perhaps as our mind wanders, we'll feel God's presence and recognize how God brings us to places of hope and possibility. Amen.
0: You've been listening to the weekly sermon from Clarkston United Methodist Church in Michigan. We are a church dedicated to connecting people to people and people to God. To learn more, visit us at Clarkston, UMC dot o-r-g